Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang coming to you live from the Howard Stern Tower, 273 stories above Gotham. Thea Harper and I are here tonight. Rhonda Handsome is here tonight. No one else is here tonight. So if you want to come... Dang, I mean, the doorman might be asleep again. You're, you're more than welcome. It's a good one tonight, my friends. Very shortly, uh, huge social media influencer and financial literacy expert for Gen Z, Kyla Scanlon, is going to join us as well to talk about how do you get people in their 20s to care about Jerome Powell and understand how the Fed does affect you. It's sexier than it sounds. I promise. The great Thea Harper is producing this thing from about 20 feet away from me behind glass. The great Chris Hauselt is producing this thing from South Carolina. We are so glad to have you with us. I hope you had a great weekend. There's a lot going on. I'm going to try to get to everything tonight. If we miss any stories, I'm going to trust in you guys to call us up and let us know, you know, how we drop the ball. Let's do a show. There's a lot to get to. Monsoon like rainfall is creating fast, dangerous, moving floods all across upstate New York, Vermont, and Massachusetts. There's a new poll from Florida Atlantic University that shows Donald Trump crushing Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida, Ron's own, by a 50% to 30%. Yeah, a 20-point lead in his own state. An Oklahoma judge just threw out the lawsuit seeking reparations for the 1921 Tulsa race massacre because there were still 300-year-old survivors of it. They will not see any legal justice as survivors of the deadly racist rampage. You probably heard Larry Nasser, the ex-USA gymnastics doctor who sexually abused girls for decades and decades and kept getting away with it, was stabbed 10 times in prison. Now, I'm not one to rejoice over suffering in jail. I don't like comics who make prison rape jokes. I don't think prison beatings or stabbings are funny at all. I just I just hope, I really hope that when Larry Nasser told the authorities he'd been assaulted, that they believed him. Because plenty of girls <laughs> were turned away for a long time. And it's early yet, but I think the hero of the week could be Jack White. Um, I don't know if you saw, but Donald Trump showed up at some event this weekend and all these famous right wing guys were flocking to be around him. And Jack White of the, the White Stripes and the Tours, future Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, one of our best musicians and, and, and rock stars. He did a post on Insta showing Guy Fieri hugging Donald Trump, which alone is scary enough. Like I, I almost got peroxide by proxy. But Jack White said, and I want your thoughts on this. Anyone who normalizes or treats this disgusting, fascist, racist, con man, disgusting piece of shit Trump 
with any level of respect is also disgusting in my book. That's you, Joe Rogan. You, Mel Gibson. You, Mark Wahlberg. You, Guy Fieri. This is a statement from me, not a discussion debate. Jack White III. That was the post. And you know what? I think it's terrific. We had this conversation when Ellen was photographed hanging out with George W. Bush at a football game in a private stand. Just two old buddies, one of whom ran for re-election in 2004 trying to ban gay marriage. Uh, Do you judge famous people, the celebrities you like, based on the politicians they are seen smiling with. I'm not even talking about how Guy Fieri votes. I'm sure Guy Fieri doesn't vote. I'm sure Guy Fieri's biggest concern is how to get more Lipitor for his, oh my God, the guy is just such a nightmare. But 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 what do you do? If you saw a celebrity you loved with Donald Trump, again, after Donald Trump led a mob to beat the hell out of cops on the Capitol steps to overturn our democratic process after the forced hysterectomies and stolen children of lawful migrants in his immigration border policy. If you're still a fan of Donald Trump after the impeachments, after he lied to everyone your mama loves during a pandemic, what what do you do with that person? I mean... <laughs> I'm not really worried because I wasn't dying to see a Mel Gibson or a Mark Wahlberg movie anytime soon. But do you write those people off or or is it OK? I, I'm, I'm asking honestly because I don't know. I, I, I had Chris Christie on this show. That was a line Frank Conniff couldn't cross. Frank couldn't handle me talking to Chris Christie. Uh, and I get it. So so where is the line for you when artists or politicians you love again are not talking about how they vote, but when they just play chummy? in public with people like that. I'd love to know your thoughts. Right now, I, I just want to tug on your coat about one thing. There's a lot we have to get to tonight, but I'm, I'm still kind of hung up on this desecration of Twitter. Because <laughs> I'm old enough to remember Elon Musk as this somewhat enigmatic, uh, weird, apartheid Nepo baby behind one of the world's best-known car companies. He was, he was the, guy, the Tesla guy. Now... He's a different face. He's the face of the destruction of one of the world's most popular social media brands. Twitter was the platform that allowed for the real-time flow of information globally. And since Elon bought the company last fall, all of his trifling with the platform, you know, getting rid of the verification system, uh, letting bigots back all over the platform amplifying trolls it it chased away a lot of nice people and it chased away a lot of advertisers and he fired away a lot of employees and his company is in very dire financial straits i just heard keith olbermann predict that elon's going to ask for a government bailout when the site goes bankrupt by christmas so people have been disgusted and that's why you think yeah maybe i'll go post on somewhere else on instagram or facebook or linkedin or mastodon or, or post Counter-social, tribal, spoutable, uh, blue sky. Did I, did I get them all? Well, now there's threads. Wondering if you've joined yet. The, uh, the Twitter killer out of Instagram that is the most rapidly downloaded app ever. It hit 100 million downloads, 100 million new viewers for this little rinky-dink new Twitter ripoff site in days. Like faster than ChatGPT. ChatGPT took two months to get to 100 million. Zuckerberg's thing took over a weekend, uh, uh, five days. So, you know, we, we've seen quick surges for Blue Sky, for Mastodon, but 
this is meta. They have the resources and the scale to really build this out. Now, according to Wall Street Journal, visits to Twitter fell 5% in the first two days after Threads debuted. Uh, and the company is suffering from an 11% decline when compared to the same period last year. And Elon has responded to this by showing himself to be a petulant, impulsive little apartheid nepo baby who can't stop making things worse. Like, th think about this. I, you know, imagine if he had some game. If you had been in Elon's position. Well, no, anyone listening to this show is not dumb enough to borrow $44 million to destroy a website. But Elon could have just said, oh, only competition. Competition's good. Yes, come. Welcome, Mr. Zuckerberg. Let's, let, let's have at it. You know, he could, have, he could have made fun of them. These guys are already promising to have a cage match fight, which we'd all win. Instead, instead, Elon Musk, and someday, folks, someday, we're, we will be provided with a list of all the drugs he's on right now. Elon Musk was tweeting his desire for a penis comparison match a dick measuring contest in his own words on the platform he bought and ruined uh, against mark zuckerberg how unhinged is this guy i mean we think about trump in microcosm you know this overprivileged knob who gets something he wanted doesn't know what to do with it turns everybody off wrecks everybody and then just can't stop looking for enemies to blame I mean, in the last couple of days, first he called Zuckerberg a cuck, <laughs> which always makes you look confident. And then he challenged him to a literal dick measuring contest. I'm not making this up. You could don't don't believe me. Go look it up yourself. But see, here's what's beautiful about this. And every man who's had to grow up not being the child of inherited wealth, every man who's realized, hey, if I sexually grope women and say a lot of ill shit all the time, I'm going to lose my job and get in trouble. Every man who understands there's consequences, every man who has to restrain his id and behave himself in public because he's not a petulant millionaire at birth like Trump or Musk. You got to be sitting back and thinking, damn, homeboy, you ruined this all yourself. You destroyed your verification system. Your site is not reliable there's nazis all over have you seen this there, there's literally a poll a prominent poll on twitter by someone asking if the jews are responsible for all the problems and all the banking and all the i mean like it's it's all over the place he turned off a huge chunk of people who used this website because if he hadn't who would care about instagram having a twitter think about it i mean i mean one year ago if zuckerberg had rolled this thing out one year ago Everybody would have said, ooh, Mark Zuckerberg, eh, and ignored it. Just so we could see articles about how bad Meta's cash flow is. Cambridge Analytica got Trump elected, ooh. But the constant changes to Twitter, forcing users to start paying for verification. <laughs> how much will you pay for something you used to get for free? You notice we have one billionaire at birth who's asking for donations to pay his legal fees, and this other billionaire at birth who's asking for donations to pay off his debts? I mean... The tweet reading limits he put in place last week, people were sick of it. And Threads is being welcomed with open arms, not because anybody likes Mark Zuckerberg or his products. It's because people can't stand Elon Musk. Twitter is now only worth one third of what Elon paid for it. And that's remarkable, but not as remarkable as making Mark Zuckerberg likable. Or, or at least less bad. What would it take to make Mark Zuckerberg look like less horrible a person? That would be like if the Republican Party, after George Bush left, could somehow find a president that could make George Bush look less bad. I know, it's a hypothetical, but go with me on this. 
100 million users in five days. ChatGPT had been the fastest growing platform ever. And it's all because Zuckerberg did something right. It's not a great site, but it's easily accessible to all of the 1 billion plus monthly active users on Instagram. If you sign up for the threads, you're automatically able to follow all the users you follow on Instagram. So instantly... You don't just join, you have an immediate community. I had like 20,000 followers and I didn't even do anything right away. It's integration with Instagram. And that is the reason that this particular social media alternative might catch on. It gives anyone a head start in building a community. And it lets you, you know, type into a void as you build the followers on a platform. It's an idea. It's smart. But again, it's still in its early days. I mean, it's not even a desktop version yet. But for the first time in 10 years, Mark Zuckerberg has good press. <laughs> and it's because of Elon Musk. It won't replace Twitter overnight, but it's going to be very interesting seeing how much Elon can make a bigger mess of this and how little awareness he and his followers can have. Twitter used to be a fun place to see what heads of state or celebrities or comedians were saying. Now, I highly recommend it as a place to go where men who hide their faces but call themselves verified will call you a groomer and uh, misspell the word your. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. We want to know what you guys think. Let's go to the phones. Brian in San Diego, thank you so much. Oh, man, love the show. Right on, man. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm just curious. I'm just giving you the honest my opinion. You know, like I'm an independent. I really don't even vote very often. I hope you change but, uh, that. I'm independent, but I hope you vote. Go ahead. Well, you know, it's one of those things where it don't matter who's in power. But um, yeah, oh no, 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 Brian, Brian, Brian. It might feel that way because you don't have a uterus. It really does matter who's in power. I don't know. I'm living in California. There's very few rights here. It's a blue state, but it's but a blue I state. So yeah, you you can you can stay home and it'll still be a blue state. It's not you're not in a swing state. But I'm with you. I'm, I yeah, hear where you're coming yeah. from. Go ahead, please. Uh, well, I was just going to say, like, these guys all know each other. They all, they're all sharing technology, like whether it's Twitter or Tread or whatever it is. It's like, it's like this guy was just in front of Congress a few years ago because they thought he was helping Trump win the election with troll bots like from Russia. So it's like, it's hard to even know what to care about anymore. So it's like, that's yeah, the well, that's truth. the thing, right? Zuckerberg was, I mean, that was what Cambridge Analytica was about. And Zuckerberg is about to start taking in heaps of cash from Donald Trump and campaign ads all over Facebook. Facebook's going to yeah. be a sewer in a couple of days. But it's just amazing. What scares me the most is I'm afraid this means 10 years from now, right? We're going to be like picking who our favorite billionaire is to vote for. Well, already we're having billionaire fights in this country, and it terrifies me that liberal and conservative 10, 20 years means, oh, which billionaire did you vote for? The racist billionaire or the anti-racist billionaire? I swear to God, it's yeah, like these guys are controlling everything. I agree with you, but I think it'll be celebrities first. I think celebrities are going to figure out they can get elected. Like, like well, Trump. Trump. He's just a yeah. celebrity. He's yeah. just a nobody. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of, I think Oprah Winfrey could be elected in this country. Tom Hanks probably could be elected in this country. Yeah. Uh, but billionaires can afford it. Schwarzenegger was the governor here. I mean, Ronald Reagan. Possible. Ronald Reagan was a twit TV star who became president. I mean, yeah, it's nothing new. Yeah, man. Right on. Well, right on. listen, man, I appreciate the call. I'm with you. To me, Zuckerberg is just as evil. It's just, it's like Trump is so evil. He made Bush look good. <laughs> This South African is so evil, he's making Zuckerberg look appealing. Well, I agree with you, but I will say this. I live in San Diego. I'm on the front lines of the border. I'm on the front lines of everything here. Yeah. And it's definitely changed. The last five or six years has, has been radical. Tell me. So it's like, it's just there's a lot more people here from all over the place. And it's just like you have groups of different um, 
nationalities kind of would know where to go. I hate to say it. You got the Haitians over here in this parking lot. You got the Hispanics over here. Are you talking about migrants? Are you talking about Im- lawful lawful asylum seekers, undocumented workers? Are you talking about no, tourists? What do you mean? Saying, I'm just saying anybody. People who are looking for work. You got people who are just trying to get by. So it's like everywhere you go, there's more people now. It just seems like there's nowhere. There's very little opportunity here in California even. Like you go down to the beach and there's like 200 bum kids. Kids that were born here that just can't sleep it on the beach. Like it's like they have, they feel like they have nothing, nowhere to turn. It's like I spend I a lot of time in L.A. I know as Santa Monica is the home of the homeless. I know, but yeah. the question we have is, I know you know, opportunity, but they just can't find it for whatever reason. It's not my fault. I can't walk down there with my. No one said it is. If, well, you, you're constantly giving out money. You're constantly trying to help them out. Yeah, I live in New York City, man. I give money out to homeless people several times every day. I know how it is. That's good. Yeah, That's good. Do you ever give them a little like, hey, this is the way to go, or maybe you can try this? Oh, once in a while, I've, I've helped a couple of people go to meetings, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, generally speaking, you know, I think this is why we need voting, because I'm more a fan of people who will treat poverty as a serious crime that has to be addressed rather than people who just say poor people are lazy and they're poor because they deserve it. So I'm all in favor of people who are going to try to reduce poverty and who are going to, you know, reduce the number of billionaires we have as well. I'm of this belief that if you have billionaires and poverty at the same time, your society's not serious about lasting. I'd like us to last a little longer. So that's where I come from. Oh, all right, man. Well, the state owns the most land. I'm right there with you, man. I hear you. Be well. Take care. 866-997-4748. Let's go to Brian in Oregon. How are you, sir? Hey, John. Good. How are you doing? Hope Great. you had a decent weekend. I sure did. How about you? I, I had a good weekend and uh, had a good Monday so far. Very good. You like that? Hey, um, John, I've got, uh, well, I liked your Zucker, Zuckerberg Musk thing. Jesus, uh, a couple of uh, people, uh, anyways, it's hard to say what they are, but uh, a couple of assholes going at it, maybe. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I, I was with the whole uh, Hunter Biden cocaine, everybody thinking he put the bag of cocaine in the... Not everyone. Cubby hole. No, well, pe- I know not everybody. <laughs> yeah, but people, fucking, who, people, uh, people who didn't know the facts believe that very deeply. Yeah, yeah. Well, it got uh, some reason it popped my head in thinking that about Hunter Biden and... Uh, the poor, well, the whole family, but then poor, the poor uh, Hunter was the, I think he's the youngest. Was he younger than Bo, I guess? I believe he and, was. And then, you know, what he experienced with the car crash. And oh, forget mom, about it. I mean, like, how, if I went through what that guy went through, I, how, oh. how can I say I wouldn't be an addict as well? I get it, man. I mean, well, if you view yeah. addicts as criminals, then you'll hate Hunter Biden. If you view addiction as an illness, then you might have some compassion. But we know who we're talking about here. Exactly. And then then uh, he's got a bow that dies. So I, I think there's a hell of a lot of survivor guilt. Uh, in in that poor guy. I mean, who knows? Thought. Who who knows? Who knows? And and listen, I, if he if he did anything crooked, if he if he did anything inappropriate, if he exploited his father's name and station for his own personal business contacts, let's see you bitches go after Jared Kushner's two billion dollars first. Yeah, I call but the, by I all call means the, investigate Hunter Biden. Democrats, liberals are not a cult. Investigate the hell out of these people's kids. I don't care. Go for it. Inve- but yeah, as long well, as you're investigating, you know, all of Ivanka's deals with the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, too. I mean, Oh, God. Unbel- she did uh, with the Iranian Guard? Yeah, for one of the Trump hotels. Oh, God, that's right. 
I forgot all about that. Jesus. Well, there's a lot of scandals oh, to keep aren't track they of. Some man. beautiful human beings. Um, uh, you know, I mean, look <laughs> again. It's like it's like all of this Hunter Biden stuff is oh, because insane. they can't go after Biden on inflation anymore. They can't go after him on gas prices. America is doing better than all of the G7 nations in terms of recovery from uh, uh, inflation, and so you know they can't go after Biden on the issues. They can't. They've got to go after his personal life and his family. It shows how terrified they are. It shows how scared they are. And Hunter Biden's going to start suing these people. And and again, I I got, I I, listen, I don't know if Hunter Biden's a good guy or not. I got nothing in the fight. But to me, the fact this guy hasn't sued anybody yet, my God, I've seen so many pictures of his dick, this poor man. Uh, well, some, uh, well, it wasn't him that put all that. You know, no, it's all I homophobes. It's America. Well, it's and, and, homophobes um, have pictures of Hunter Biden's dick, and they want you to see them, and they're sharing them yeah, on the I, internet. Oh, did I hear you say one time uh, a while ago that, that Nick Fuentes was showing that, or interested in Biden's dick pisses? I'm dick not sure. I'm sure Nick Fuentes is a, an upstanding young man who's way beyond that. <laughs> I'm sure he, Nick Fuentes is selling the NFTs of Hunter Biden's dick pics to show how advanced he is. <laughs> Anyways, but the um, other thing I was um, uh, thinking about, too, is, I, you know, uh, there's quite an uh, off-year election in Mississippi this year. And I'm, I'm thinking it's time we start, uh, um, to quote uh, Jesse Winchester, get Mississippi on our minds and uh, <laughs> try and activate the young uh, youngsters down there to go out and vote. Yeah. I know. And uh, I'd take their fucking state back from those. It's the worst nightmare of American fascists, poor people voting and young people voting. It's the worst nightmare they have. And that's why they spend a lot of money having things like voter ID laws, which make it hard for poor people and, hey, young people to vote. Yeah. And and now is the time for uh, everybody uh, to learn how where register, learn where to vote and what you need to show up with at the polls. Or sign up for uh, um, absentee ballots. And I think there's a lot of, so much apathy going on with these people that have been suppressed for so long. Yeah, you're right. If they get inspired, it'll turn blue, you know, slowly, but turn blue again. At least give them a Democratic governor who you said, uh, is it Presley? Will he win the... um, I'm not sure. Not in, not in, Miss, not in Mississippi, uh, but yeah. Well, he was running. He was running for governor in Mississippi. That's right. Yes. But anyways, that, that's my. That's you're my you're much more optimistic than me. I mean, I think it's going to be another system <laughs> yeah. for a long time. Of Mississippi is going to go on trying to. It's going to go on treating its poor folks and its black citizens like they're second class, and then they're going to be asking the the federal government for their handouts. You know how it's. Well, going yeah, to be. I, uh, and I think there's got to be uh, continual sh- uh, light light shined on the. Um, Jackson, Mississippi water system and keeping the federal money to go to that out right of uh, Tate Reeves' hands. Brian, thank you very much for the call. Let me go to Patrick, who's calling from L.A. Patrick, thanks for your patience on hold. Welcome to SiriusXM. Hey, how you doing today? Hi, how are you? I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I was just, uh, I was listening to you, uh, and I'm I'm, a, I'm objective. Okay. Uh, by the way, I have family in Mississippi, and I'm African-American. And I don't think they see the voter IDs the same. Some people see that as an offense to say, like, as if they 
are not smart enough or they're not capable enough of getting IDs. I've heard a lot but of white Republicans I've heard a lot of white Republicans say that, but but statistically statistically saying there there's higher incidence of African Americans not having state issued IDs than Caucasians and there's nothing in the constitution that says you have to have a laminated ID with a photo to exercise your constitutional right. Those laws are thrown in up. Here, no, there's no problem with voter ID uh, with voter uh, impersonation. We have no problem with voter impersonation. Matching addresses and signatures has always worked just fine. This is a, a solution in search of a problem, and that's why they do this. Also for college kids, because you can't use a college ID to vote, and if you don't have a driver's license, you're out of luck. Go ahead, though. Yeah. And then and then my other thing, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying people see yes, it sir. differently, but then my other thing was, we're talking about Biden and Trump, and, uh, you know, we hear about him all the time. But for me... As a, as, a, as a person who grew up with a father who was successful, who had nothing to do with him, I wonder, do people look at that as evil to not want the child to have the same last name as their siblings? And Are you talking about Hunter Biden's? Dad, you're talking about Hunter Biden's it, child, the, the in, down it, south? Exactly. Yeah, the, exactly. the Biden's and seventh grandchild. To be asked, and to be asked about it and only say you have excuse me, six grandchildren yeah. when you have seven. How does that look? I mean, I was done like that. So personally, I think that right there could be considered, you know, character, a bad character, evil, however you want to look at it. Dude, I'm not voting for Hunter Biden ever. I will never vote for Hunter Biden to do anything. Yeah. But if you're saying Joe Biden? Yeah, no. Yeah, Joe Biden, yeah. he says he you know, has six grandchildren. Yeah, I know. Seven, right? Yeah, no, it's messed up. Yeah. And Joe Biden's got to get in front of that story because uh, I understand yeah. how a lot all of... He senior... has to do, all he has to do is say, I have seven. That's all he's got to do. But I, listen, I, I will say... The White House and it'll go away. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm not defending uh, Joe Biden. I think this is really bad. Uh, I called him out for it last week. I was on TV talking about this last week as well. I think the Bidens have to got to get in front of this really fast. And I'm sure they will, but... Um, you know, Donald Trump was accused of fathering a child out of wedlock himself, not his kid, but Trump himself. And the doorman at Trump Tower got paid $30,000 for the exclusive rights. And then the company, because they're friends with Donald, uh, with the National Enquirer, and then the company buried the story. So, like, we I'm literally have... Donald Tr- I'm not defending Trump. I know I you're not. I'm just saying, like, person. that story, we'll that story, here. that story came and went. We'll we never got an answer on it. Something's going to have to but happen it, here. But it does for both of them. It does for both of them. Yeah. Right now, we have two special counsels, but we only hear about one. We haven't had one leak. We don't, mostly don't even know Joe Biden has a special counsel. That's right. To, to, to in, you know, investigate him thing. And then they say he took accountability. Well, if he had documents since he was senator... Is it possible that once Trump got into problems with his, somebody said, hey, let's go check and and let's go. And now we can. Yeah. Trump's lawyers said, let's go check. But it's so different. No, no, I'm talking about with Biden. Yeah. Well, it's, with, yeah, it's, with it's Biden's documents, it's very different. Biden. Had since you, if Bi- you had him since you were senator, if the other guy hadn't gotten busted, would you have volunteered and said, oh, I have some, too? That's a very good question. But number one, number one, hang on. Okay, let's just a couple things. Number one, (laughs) Biden, like former Vice President Pence cooperated with the government on this, right? Right away, they, they I, gave I, back everything. T- Trump lied. Be, Trump lied be. to his own lawyer, Google Evan Corcoran. Trump's own lawyer I'm, I'm has to saying, testify against again, him because Trump was lying to his own attorneys about these packages. Again, again, I'm not, I'm, I'm being objective. I'm yes, not sir. defending Donald Trump. I'm just saying we only hear about one person. Yeah. Had, had Trump not got busted for his, would Biden have voluntarily said, hey, I got since I was It's a really good question. Pitts and, 
You know, it's so a fair question. But here's the deal, Patrick. You're not, you're not right? going to see Biden or Pence charged because they cooperated. No, they're, they're not going to be charged. Donald Trump was initially he initially returned 107 files he had at his house. He's not being charged for those because he returned them. It's the ones he still kept and lied about he's being charged for. So I totally get where you're coming from. But there are distinctions between these cases. And listen, can I just say, God bless your mom. Yeah. God bless your mom. She sounds like an amazing lady. She is. She definitely is. And at the end, my dad did apologize when I was 46. I just hope Hunter Biden and Joe Biden don't wait till the girl is 46. I hope, I hope so, they too. get in front of it now yeah. and not for politics, but because that's their blood. It would haunt that, them for the rest of their lives if they didn't. I agree with you completely. And, and again, it's a really bad look for Biden. I mean, it's I get old people are uncomfortable with this sometimes, but I'm sorry, bro. You, you, you got to come out if she's yours and there's no doubt about it. You got to say it. You got to say it. Yeah. And, and, it's, and, and not wanting her name to be Biden. I mean, he, he said, oh, well, I don't want her to go through some bad things. Well, what about the other kids named Biden? That, that excuse could be made for them, too. Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate the call, Patrick. Don't be a stranger. we got to hit a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Sirius XM, and I am so excited when we return to welcome the great Kyla Scanlon, who's just tearing it up on TikTok on financial literacy for Gen Z, which is a lot sexier than it sounds, and she doesn't mean Jerome Powell. We'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. And welcome back. This is SiriusXM. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. Next month, we're doing the show from L.A. Turns out they're letting me back in the studios the entire month long. Uh, In the meantime, Gen Z is uh, entering the workforce hardcore and they're also changing the workforce to not look like the workforce they have inherited if you were born between 1996 and 2010 chances are you have very different ideas about work and life and the economy in general and corporate media keeps getting gen z 
all wrong. Now, Kyla Scanlon is a financial educator, an economics guru, and a TikTok superstar. Her first book, In This Economy, will be published in February of 2024. She just sat down with Fast Company for their cover story about the new rules of Gen Z as it pertains to work and why they want to upend the current system and how they deserve to be seen by this society. You may already be her fan on social media. Her TikTok's amazing. She does a mean Jerome Powell. Uh, welcome, Kyla Scanlon, to SiriusXM. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much. Why financial literacy for young people? Of all the areas you could have become a TikTok superstar and made fun <laughs> videos, what was it in terms of just trying to convince people in their 20s that the Fed does affect your life? What was it that made you choose that path? So I worked in asset management after I graduated school, and I just felt like it was really important to tell people about the economy. I feel like we all exist in this big system, and a lot of people don't have the tools to understand what that system is and what it looks like. And so my goal is just to help people understand the system that we live in and why it does what it does, why the Fed does what they do, why inflation does what it does, and hopefully give people the toolkit that they need to make better economic decisions. Yeah, but you make it fun. You make it so it's not just like a talking head on the news spinning depressing stats. Like you actually find a way to make it entertaining, which I think is what makes it register with people and why they keep coming back for more of your stuff. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, like finance and the economy, if you remove the very, very human element where it impacts lives in a negative way, uh, it, it is funny. Like some of the things that happen are <laughs> relatively funny. Uh, so if you can just like draw that out, I think that makes it a lot more approachable for people. No, you're if right. If you can laugh at something, it's it's important to do that, I think. When you yeah. take away the violence of the class system at the hand of the Plutarchs, <laughs> I completely agree. It, it, it's, 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 but no, but I mean, what, what I find is that there, there's always a danger, right, in talking about any demographic as some monolithic group, but you collect the data. So so my big question is, you know, Gen Z has been filling up the workplace for a couple of years now. They're dealing with all the same bullshit that Gen X and millennials had to deal with, being called lazy all the time, what have you. What do you think is most misunderstood about this demographic that someone decided to call Gen Z? What does the media culture keep getting wrong? Yeah, I mean, I think general generational cohorts are sort of fluffy, right? Like there's a lot of crossover between millennial and Gen Z and millennials with Gen X. But I think that this generation has really been shaped by social media, number one, and then has been shaped by the different economic crises that we've lived through. So some Gen Zers were born during the dot-com bubble. They lived through the great financial crisis. Then the pandemic happened. So it's just been one thing after another during really, really formative years. Like when I graduated college six months later, the pandemic happened and that completely changed how I entered adulthood. And so I think a lot of Gen Zers um, have seen how millennials have been treated by the workforce, have seen that impact that it's had on them. And I think it's sort of like, oh, you know, maybe it is time for stuff to truly actually change. I mean, I, I keep waiting for Gen Z to solve everything. Uh, I hope that's OK. <laughs> I, I, climate change, public schools, <laughs> Medicare for all. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for all of it to get fixed by this one group. But it is remarkable to think about the fact that like your one position, just when this demographic finally gets ready to join the workplace, yeah. the entire world shuts down. And I think that history will show that it was Gen Z that probably had the most significant response 
to the COVID lockdown because you guys are going to be the ones who actually change the entire culture forever. I think we're in a time now where a lot of businesses are suddenly questioning, like, why do we pay for all this square footage when so many young people get just as much productivity from working from home? And and at a time when... I think young people are rewriting, you know, owning cars. Why should I have this big expensive piece of metal in the garage when ride sharing is so common? I don't even remember the question I was going to ask you on this, but it seems <laughs> it just seems like as your your personal experience, I'm sure is echoed by many that mm-hmm. this once in a century blight slowed down your climbing the economic ladder. Yeah, and I think like to your point about these giant office spaces, like this is just a tangential point, but you know, we have these giant office spaces and that could easily, not easily, but could be converted to housing, whether that's knocking down the office buildings or renovating the office buildings entirely. And so it's not just, you know, how our relationship with work has to change. It's the whole entire like economic structure. Like, do we need to go into the office? Do we need to have a car on the road for every single person and have all this room dedicated to parking and garages? Probably not. Um, So I think that's the exciting thing is like we are sort of at that cusp of change and I think this generation will be instrumental in pushing it forward. Well there's a great picture of you on the cover of Fast Company's Gen Z at Work Big Summer (laughs) Issue and at first it just looks like oh you're just sitting on the floor and you've got a tripod and your phone Uh, and I realized this is you in a workspace. Five years (laughs) ago this would have just been you being cool hanging out but this is you in an office right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's this exact same apartment that I'm sitting in now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's my workspace, it's my live space, and yeah, it's where where everything gets done. And I think a lot of people, it's similar, and that gets into the point of like, how do you separate work and life? And that's a whole other conversation, I of think. Course. But yeah, well, tell me a little bit then about how some of the people that you've talked with and in your research, how they're choosing to not follow the same path. I mean, that's the the Fast Company article goes deep on this, but a lot of young young people could conform, could play it by the old rules, but it's already changing. What have you witnessed in the post-pandemic age already in terms of how this generation wants to work? I think it's a lot of passion work. Um, So I think it's like, how do I follow things that I care about? How do I make sure that I'm at least tangential to the things that I care about? Um, And exploring those at sometimes the risk of a safety net. You know, if you go off here on your own, you don't have health care. Yeah. You have to well, you have to figure that out. There's not as much insurance around you. Sure. Um, so I think that's like what a lot of younger people are willing to do is take the risk to go and build something because the way down doesn't seem that steep, even though it is, right? Yeah, but at the same time, I've heard you say that modern family creations and wealth accumulation are not top of mind for this generation. I don't think for millennials either. I think it just feels really far away. Like when you think about the housing market, uh, the idea of owning a house, it it seems really far away, even if you're relatively well off just because of how expensive houses become, what mortgage rates are doing. And that's not anybody's fault. It's just how the economy is more or less. But I think all of those um, prospects are sort of pushed back because it just doesn't seem like you're as secure until much later in life. So, I mean, how do you see work evolving in the next 10, 20 years based on, you know, how not just how Gen Z wants to work, but also how Gen Z is going to adapt to all the problems they're inheriting from previous generations? Yeah, I think it's a lot of stuff. Like we have the whole 
unpredictable variable of AI, right? And how is that going to impact things? And what's that going to do to different jobs? So I think that's what everybody is trying to prepare for. But I think for Gen Z, and it'll be interesting to see how this goes over, but I feel like work from home is is sort of a big part of it. But there's a lot of trade-offs with work from home too. Like you don't really have the mentorship that you might need. You don't have the in-person communication training. So it's going to be a really big balance of finding out how people can achieve, I think, work-life balance because that's what most people seem to be striving towards. And it's something that is achievable, I think, at the economic level that the United States is at. So I think it'll be just like figuring out how we can um, provide people a more solid safety net while also giving them the room to explore the things that they might truly care about. Work-life balance sounds like a, a beautiful fantasy. Um, yeah, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, right? But, you know, your, your content focuses really on helping younger people um, understand how the economy affects them, how things like the Fed is not some abstract monster. It actually affects them. How do you get younger people to be interested in the economy at large? I like this question a lot because it's like one of those things. It's like, how do you get interested in the infrastructure that's around you? Like, how do you get interested in highways? How do you get interested in like electricity? Because like for me, the economy, and I think it should be for everybody, the economy is all of those things. Like the economy is the underlying infrastructure of everything that we interact with. So it's not like, how do we get young people interested in it? It's like, how do we tell young people, this is what you're a part of. Like, this is what you kind of have to pay attention to, to make educated decisions about your life. And it's, not big and scary, even though it seems that way. I've just been taught that it's big and scary. And so it's giving them the toolkit, the language that they need to work around this stuff. Because a lot of times people just don't have the words. Like finance and economics is a whole different language. And so when you're able to like tell people in layman's terms what things mean, they now have the tools to go tell other people. And that's when you really get that ball rolling. But you but you make it fun. Like I, I do a lot of stand-up <laughs> and as I'm a political stand-up and I, I talk a lot yeah. about politics and religion. And you know, if you come out and just preach, you're going to lose the crowd. You've got to make it fun. That's what you've done that I don't see a lot of out there. Um, Do you consider yourself an influencer? Is that a bad word? (laughs) Uh, It's a tough word, right? Because of the connotation. And it's like, what am I really influencing people to do? You know, go learn about the economy maybe. But I say more of an educator. Like I really try to get points across in all the videos that I do. I really value people's time. Um, so I do the newsletter, you know, YouTube, I have a podcast and I do these daily 60 second videos about what happened in the economy. And I try to make them lighthearted as much as I can, tell as many jokes as I can. But yeah, it's um, just valuing people's time. But I mean, you built up a lot of fans uh, on a lot of different platforms. And I, I got to tell you, if I had known I could get that many followers by, by you know, talking about Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve to young people, I wouldn't do it. I mean, your, your very follower number shows that it's a lie to say young people don't care about these issues. Yeah. And like you can go into my comment section and see people just duking it out. So people really do care. Like there's a lot of passion out there about certain topics and what it means for them. So I think it's just like everybody cares, you know, it's like people want to understand why inflation hurts them so bad. They want to understand why their wages are stagnant. They want to understand why the Federal Reserve is doing what they're doing. Um, And the way that I do it is in a hopefully like non-scary way, like by pretending to be Jerome Powell, the chair of the Federal Reserve. Yeah, I was going to say, so, you you know, I don't don't take this as an insult. You you don't look too much like Jerome Powell. I I don't mean to offend you. Um, How do you get get in the character? How do you get inside Jerome Powell? Well, I've been like watching him on video for years now. Um, So it's just like one of those things where. 
if you like watch certain TV shows, you can pretend to be a character. And I think that's just me with Jerome Powell. Well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's 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 real sense memory work. Uh, I did. I saw your video on doomerism and I found mm-hmm. that really interesting. And I, I sort of think it's a kind of an epidemic. Can you explain? I mean, how do you define that doomerism? Yeah, I mean, I think it's people who take different data points and they just spin it to be negative constantly. So like we'll say, oh, inflation is going down. They're like, well, it was so high to begin with. And we should still be really upset that inflation is still really high. And so there's never any excitement about progress or the small wins. It's always like, well, things are going to hell in a handbasket instead. And so I think that's what doomerism is. And a lot of times it's um, it's like it's a strange function in modern society because a lot of times people will create community around it. Like they'll be like, Oh, like this guy also thinks that things are really bad. So we're going to become buddies and like yell about the economy online together. And so that's part of it too. Really people with shared hatreds find each other on social media. That's beautiful. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank God for those people. Um, But, but you know, is it, is it different than just negativity than just feeling bleak about the economy? Cause I find that, that let's be honest when it's a Republican in the white house, Democrats will tell you all day long how everything is bad. And, and when the shoes on the other foot, it's the same way. You know, look at the unemployment rates. I mean, when 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 it's a Republican president, Democrats will say, well, unemployment's low. Well, those aren't the real numbers. And Republicans make the same exact argument. Doomerism sort of uh, is in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I think politics really are frustrating honestly because it really leads to a lot of stagnation and a lot of lack of progress like people just butt heads and it doesn't need to be that way i don't think Uh, so i would say like it is a lot of emotions like that's what doomerism is it's just being emotional about certain things and not being able to take data for fact or not being able to even look at data and do your own interpretation relative to the biases that you do carry so i think that's a lot of issues that people will will you know create narratives instead of you just described you just described growing up Catholic as well. Um, hey, before I before I lose you, I've got I got to ask this question. You had a, a a great tweet. Threads is growing insanely fast, but there's no sign it can succeed on Zuckerberg's own terms. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, I think Threads is interesting because what they've been able to do is port all the users over from Instagram. So you get on there and you're like, wow, I have all my followers from Instagram, like people are liking my stuff. Uh, But I think the big thing will be, can it create the same communities that Twitter has created? Like Twitter is full of just weirdos. And so the question will be, can those weirdos find each other again on Threads? Or will it be like my friends are missing and I don't know where they went? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Somehow the weirdos do find each other. Uh, Usually. Kyla Scanlon, it's such a pleasure having you. I really, really like what Thanks. you do. You're invited back here on this platform anytime. I've mm-hmm. already learned a lot for, uh, about stuff I pretend to know about from you. What is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your work? Sure. Yeah. I'm on Twitter, Instagram at Kyla Scan, on TikTok at Kyla Scan. I have a newsletter, kyla.substack.com. I have a YouTube channel and a podcast called Let's Appreciate. And then I'm releasing a book next year called In This Economy with Penguin Random House. And that'll be out soon. But yeah, I'm everywhere at Kyla Scan. Yeah. Right on. That's K-Y-L-A. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm a fan. I really, really appreciate what you do. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great week. All right. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress After Dark. We'll be right back. I'm John Fiegel saying this is SiriusXM Progress. 
we're just putting out a couple fires here in the studio. You know, I miss being in studio so much because when something goes wrong with the equipment, just having Thea come in and fix everything and make it look easy, I miss it. And she's doing it right now because we have an in-studio guest. It's so nice when Rhonda Handsome joins us by a Zoom every Monday night, but every now and then we hit the lotto and Miss Rhonda Handsome joins us right here live in studio. Rhonda is, of course, a great stand-up writer, director, and actor. She's open for Anita Baker and Diana Ross and Aretha Franklin. She does great solo shows. You can catch her on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. Do we have headphones that work for you? It worked. Right then, Thea, you are amazing. My God, we work with a goddess and we take her for granted. Welcome back, Rhonda. I'm black, y'all. Thank God. How are you, Miss Handsome? <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here once they finally let me up from down in the lobby. <laughs> what did they do, Rhonda? Show me on the doll where they made you wait and jump through hoops. Oh, my gosh. It was... Uh, well, you know, I, I went through all the pre-registration to get in. Because getting know? into the Howard Stern Tower in the daylight is a hell of a thing. But at nighttime, when it's just the diehard terrorists coming in here, like, what did you do? Well, I showed them a QR code that was supposedly set I was specifically invited You're too to, legit to quit to come <laughs> exactly and they said that doesn't mean anything here and then I think they they tried to send a, a carrier pigeon to Chris in North Carolina <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds like what they do we've scaled back since the pandemic a bit and uh, but but finally finally I got up here I love seeing you in person it, it's so great it's, it's so great. great to see you in person this handsome and today's a very special day because and I will tell you folks this theater did you know? I didn't know until like three minutes ago. Rhonda, today's your birthday. It's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Rhonda. I had Rhonda. no Thank idea. You. Did you Thank know, Thea? You. I had no idea. I bet Chris knew and didn't tell us yeah. so we'd look like schmuckos. Yeah. That's what I bet. It was Chris's whole agenda <laughs> the whole time. Right I mean, now. Well, well, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. For it's a real. great way to You want to spend it with us? Yeah, I, absolutely. For real. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's, special. it's 100 degrees outside. It's Times Square at midnight. Why not spend it with us? <laughs> well, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I had a great celebration yesterday at Josephine on 42nd Street. Very and, nice. Um, you know, I'm just really glad to be able to be funny and to be still be here and, you know, be able to come in and sit here and look at you in the face and, and Thea. I'm, wow, that's the first person who's been happy to look me in the face in quite a <laughs> yeah, while. Yeah, no one says that to you, I don't, John. Yeah, at no, all. I, yeah, I was, no, I was kind of good looking. I was cute when I started this job way back in the late 50s, but wow, oh man. Um, you look great, Rhonda. Thank and you. I I want to thank you to your face since you're here in person because you started doing this Monday night thing with us right when COVID launched. We 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 launched this show here at What the Hell O'Clock in late 2019. Pete Townsend was our first guest and we were all excited. Uh, we were having comics come here every night and then suddenly everything shut down and you began joining us every Mondays and you made the pandemic not just more bearable, you made Mondays in a pandemic more bearable and I always look forward to Mondays now because you uh, you class us up a bit. Oh, I love it too. I love it too. Thank What's you. been going on in the world? You know, with all the heat, that's all I've been thinking about. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm really glad you asked because it's been a madhouse out there. Uh, first of all, um, you know, we're dealing with it. Today is the 12th anniversary of the last space shuttle mission. Uh, over three decades, they sent five of those things on 135 flights, traveling more than 537 million miles. 355 people flew aboard the shuttles, including Sally Ride, the first American woman in space. But ultimately, they kept blowing up so today's a, a sad anniversary in real life biden is in italy today with king charles 
um, having a state visit with Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. And uh, they're trying to find any way they can to, you know, attack him. Turkey has allowed Sweden to join NATO. Larry Nasser, the gymnastics host. Oh, I I hear he, he got a little... Um Shiv. Touched. Oh, okay. Shiv. Yeah, but the shiv is okay. They said the shiv is the shiv's doing fine. The shiv it will survived. be the shiv will be all right. Uh, and so will Doctor Nasser. We wish him no harm. Not no at one all. deserves to die like that, right? That would be. And then uh, it's flooding everywhere, and there's a big monsoon in Hudson Valley. I'm I'm really uh, upset about that. You know, I heard someone died in in there. Yeah, they, a woman they found, was carried away by the waves. Found a, a woman. I think they were trying to get to safety, and you know, she was just taken. I mean, last week we had to deal with the hottest recorded temperature in the history of the planet on Monday, and then that record broken on Tuesday, and that record broken on Wednesday, and this week we are having to deal with the phrase catastrophic flooding all over the Northeast. Roadways are washed out. People have lost their cars. There have been many rescues by boats. I mean, first it was the record setting heat last week. Now it's the flooding everywhere. Um, it's really good that climate science is just a myth, isn't it? I, I was just going to say that. And if you think things are bad now, wait until Bill Gates blocks out the sun. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> finally, we can blame Canada for more stuff. I'm glad about that. Uh, those fires, by the way, are probably going to get worse this month. And they think some of the Canadian fires could last through the winter as zombie fires. Wait a minute. I Don't we have enough with our own California fires? California can supply pollution and smoke to the rest of our nation. Yes, we have. We don't need to import it, but we're, we're, we're doing it. And then Canada says, hold my beer. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it, it, it's it's so scary. And the sea is now at all time highs for sea surface temperatures, which means more hurricane Antarctic sea ice cover is at an all time low. And on Thursday, global average surface temperatures went above 63 degree Fahrenheit for the first time. So really, oh, and this week, Phoenix is going to either tie or top their all-time temperature record of 122 degrees Fahrenheit, which is a public health risk. The earth is getting hotter and a lot of money is being spent for politicians to say it's just a hoax. You know, that 120 degrees there in Phoenix, you know, may sound a little frightening, but as far as comedy is concerned, people are going to be out on the streets frying eggs like crazy. Uh, Gallup found in this poll that um, 78% of Democrats say environmental protection needs to be prioritized. 78%. 20% of Republicans. Four out of five Republicans think environmental protection is not a serious issue right now. And neither is Trump. (laughs) (sighs) No. But you know what Trump is doing? I'm glad you asked. Trump is giving speeches in Nevada where he, uh, I want to play you the choices we have because it looks like, Miss Hansom, it's going to be the two old white guys again. The two old white guys, once again. The American way. The modern American way, actually. Well, I would say there's the old white guy who has evolved. And then there's the old white guy who's proud of not evolving and thinks evolving is weakness. And that would be Donald Trump. I want to play this clip from Nevada. This is Donald Trump telling a crowd that Joe Biden, Catholic Joe Biden, hates religion. This is the most important election in the history of our country, okay? And I used to say that about 2016, and I didn't say it so much in 2020 because we had it going well. Little did we realize that everything he said was a lie. He said energy, sure, we love energy. Well, he doesn't love energy. He doesn't love religion either. There's nobody who's religious, Christian, any form of religion that can vote for this guy because they are against religion. You take a look. Look at the Catholic Church. I mean, they're 
they're persecuting Catholics. They're persecuting Catholics. They are against religion. They're against so much that we all stand for. So I only say this. Uh, this is the most important election in the history of our country. They persecute religion, Rhonda. Biden does. Where are they persecuting the Catholics? Oh, all over the place. I, I would like to buy a ticket for a front row seat. <laughs> Biden, the Catholic, is persecuting. I, I, I guess Donald Trump is trying to say something about abortion. But again, like he's not even trying. Uh, this this but, old old Joe is going to just be able to wear loafers and just coast to re-election. But that's what's really great about speaking it with uh, buzzwords, red meat buzzwords for your adoring crowd. He he doesn't even have to make a complete sentence. He just has to throw out an incoherent phrase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they don't. I mean, that clip is amazing. He said nothing, and it made them happy because he hates who they hate, and that's what conservatism is now. It's all it is: owning the libs and blind obedience to a reality show racist clown. He is amazing. John, you know he's he's looking for another win here. He's looking for another win. <laughs> and Ron DeSantis has to sit on the sidelines knowing that he could beat Biden, but Trump can't. And he's going to watch Trump beat him and then lose to Biden. Is, is Ron cry. DeSantis still running? He, oh, very much. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't know it. But yeah, Ron DeSantis is still running. Not going well. Um, but he's he's still in the race, getting Ooh. humiliated by Will Kane, which is very hard to do. You want to talk to some of our listeners? I would love to. Guys, I played that Trump clip because I want to play a clip of Joe Biden in a second speaking with uh, Fareed Zakaria on CNN. Because I want to play him back to back because, you know, Joe Biden is addled by dementia and can barely find his pants. So I want to show you how he sounds. But let's go to the phones for a quick second. Uh, hey, Trucker Steve. Welcome. You're on with Rhonda. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? How are you doing too, John? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm doing all right. So, but, uh, yeah, there's a funny thing going on is, uh, we're headed towards having, uh, uh, red entertainment, blue entertainment, red businesses, blue businesses, because, uh, because what why? About Guy, uh, Guy Fieri. I mean, people got different politics. If every celebrity had to have my politics, I'd be stuck with very few. There's beginning to be more. Yeah. But uh, music-wise, ten years ago, I was stuck with Ted Nugent and uh, <laughs> Chuck and uh, Texas uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, Kid right? Rock. Yeah. As a Republican, as a conservative, not a Trump conservative, but as a conservative. If I didn't listen to somebody because of their politics or didn't watch their movies because of their politics. Uh, Wait, you're not. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm you're, are, Steve, Steve, are you saying you're not a Trump conservative? Not a Trump conservative. You know that. No, you're one of the only people I know who voted against Trump in 2016, but voted for him in 2020. Yeah, because of the threatening <laughs> of stacking in the stacking the Supreme Court. I. Wanted to be there some sort of check, so yeah. How's that working out, Steve? I actually agree with most of the Supreme Court decisions. Oh good for you. wow, that's, great. Well, that's good to know. No, Steve. Steve's a white man. It's okay. Oh. It's, they, they kept him safe. <laughs> Steve can get in the Harvard now. Well, well, and as far as precedent, well, I didn't want. I don't want to. We could back to be for another day, but I'm talking about. Uh, and because uh, Republicans are actually the conservatives are actually starting to show their muscle with Bud Light and Target. And they killed Indy. What kind of muscle? What kind, whoa, whoa, whoa! What what kind of muscle did conservatives show with Budweiser? What what was that? I saw prejudice. I saw a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, bigotry. 
because Budweiser gave a free can of beer to a trans lady. Uh, what 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 muscle were they showing, Steve? Their economic muscle, whether you agree with their reasons why they did it or not, they're starting to show their economic muscle. I'm not right. clear. I'm still not clear. Well, here's Steve. the deal. Economic muscle means um, they hate uh, the free speech of corporations. Oh. Okay. Oh. And so that's where they show their economic muscle. I see. Because if businesses don't behave the way they like, then they'll boycott the businesses. And that's fine. You have a right to do that. Shut Go them ahead. down. Sure. Uh, how did conservatives get rid of Indiana Jones? What are you talking about? Well, they killed it. I no, mean, they didn't. Uh, no, they didn't. Do have you been listening to? Uh, uh, they killed it before the release. Conservatives and, uh, didn't. Rightly or wrongly. No. Yeah. No. They, Which conservative did it? Which conservative? Which conservative led the fight? Which, name name one conservative who's part of this hit job. Um, on YouTube, they trashed the movie for a. Uh, uh, Started a month ago, and why do they why do they hate it so a month ago? So before they've seen it, so I believe you're talking about conservatives. Uh, it made a quarter of a billion dollars in a week. It's a hell of a flop, Steve. What what why, why did the conservatives go after Indiana Jones? It underperformed. Why did conservatives? What was the grievance? I, I've seen the movie twice. I don't understand what grievance conservatives could have with this film. Well, I think it's mostly with Lucasfilm, so I... What's the problem with Lucasfilm, Steve? You're very Steve? squirrely, Steve. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what's the big victory here? What did what did Lucasfilm do wrong? Uh, they, the sequels were horrible. The Half the series are horrible. That's no, not ideology. That's just taste. Yeah, you, you said conservatives. Well, I mean, the complaint, which I agree, they always... Uh, Because the sequels gave roles to women and people of color. That's why conservatives didn't like the sequels. No, they trashed the legacy characters. No, they didn't. Did you go to see it, Steve? They absolutely trashed it. They did not. Did you go to see it, Steve? They trashed them. That was the best performance of Mark Hamill's career. Oh, they trashed Luke Skywalker's character. How is that a liberal thing, dude? How is Indiana Jones a liberal thing? (laughs) You're just talking about hate for its own hate. I'm telling you... Rightly or wrongly. Wrongly. Uh, they're probably exaggerating. Yes. Right? <laughs> I, although so, I do uh, I do think that you may be, I do think you're right that we're moving to a point where like liberals have their entertainment and, and, and red states have their, but we've always been that way. I mean, we've always been that way. I always watched Hee Haw and Lawrence Welk when I was down south with my family there. And I watched, you know, the, the Mets and, and cop shows when I was uptown with my family in New York. I mean, it's always been that way, Steve. But it's it's getting even worse, and uh, I don't have a problem with Guy Fieri talking to Trump or watching anybody, and then uh, their support when they put their support behind a movie like that uh, Sound of Freedom, which I haven't seen either, uh, they'll make a lot of money. I mean, Sound of Freedom beat uh, Indiana Jones on Tuesday. On Tuesday. On the, on that big yeah. day at the box office. So do you do you think Sound of Free? So Sound of Freedom beating Indiana Jones on a Tuesday. That's a conservative victory to you? Well, it's already made a profit, which uh, Indiana Jones is going to lose a shit ton of money. <laughs> and see, so. here's the, what's wrong with me, Rhonda. I saw the Indiana Jones film, with very skeptical, went in dreading. I loved it. I've already seen it twice. Yeah, I saw it. I, I went back and saw it in Harlem in a very racially mixed, packed crowd that clapped for it. There so. were people in the theater when I saw it. Yeah. I, you know, you're making me feel very suspicious of you, Steve. Yeah, come on, Steve. Wait a minute, hold it. It's all, well, wait a sec. It's lost the number one spot. 
So what? Who cares how much money a piece of art? Steve, who cares what money an art makes? I care about what the filmmaker's trying to say, how, you know, I care about the art, not about how much money it rakes in. That's no, the money it rakes in is no measure of its merit. That's like saying Donald Trump's a better person than Jimmy Carter because he made more money. Well, my basic point, my basic point is, is it's where entertainment's go. Disney's losing a lot of money for alienating conservatives. What did Disney do so, to alienate conservatives, Steve? Uh, every movie's got some sort of. Uh, what did Disney uh, specifically do to alienate? Agenda. What did Disney do? Like what? Casablanca? What did Disney? Every good movie has a liberal agenda, Steve. You're so it's about taking on the powerful. What did Disney do to alienate conservatives beyond exercise their free speech to criticize Ron DeSantis's shitty, cruel, fraudulent? Don't say gay law. Oh yeah, that's that's that was that whole DeSantis's sport oh. with this is stupid. And so what did Disney do to conservatives, Steve? Why? Why? Tell me. Enlighten me. What did they do that was so unforgivable? Not hate trans children? Um, well, it's not that. I think they're catering to liberals in their movies. Like and, what? Who's catering to a liberal in a movie? What, in Star Wars? In Indiana Jones catering to liberals? What are you talking about? Steve, if you get yeah, with specific, I'm going to send are. you a lollipop. Just come on through with it. And, uh, and uh, like I said, uh, the... Uh, uh, that liberal, well, there's, there's a real liberal here. bias in Star Wars, liberal bias in Marvel. But, but, well, yeah, there is now. I mean, there... There, there always not- was, Steve. There always was. There's a liberal bias to the New Testament, too, if you ever get around to reading that. It's a hell of a thing. I gotta run, brother, but uh, I, 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 I hope you see Indiana Jones 5, and I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Uh... I guess I'll tr- I'll try. I'll see it once, but uh, <laughs> Steve, I'll, what I'll what try. is the ethic that is staying you from going to see that movie? What is the cork moral conviction that makes you not want to see it? Because Lucasfilm needs a correction. And I want why my bottom line. My why? Bottom what did Lucasfilm do? Lucasfilm, what did Lucasfilm do Lucas- specifically that requires a correction, dude? I think you're just saying what conservatives tell you uh, to think. Are you no, upset because the Nazi gets gone. punched? Yeah, in the this Nazis movie? get well. When, in this movie, when the Nazis get punched, they call Indy woke after he does it. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. What no, did Disney no, no, do? I, what did Disney do that makes you not want to see the film? Here's your chance. Well, just on Lucasfilm, they killed Star Wars. Willow, no, they didn't. They didn't Indy. kill Star Wars. What are you talking about? They're making three more movies, and they're making great TV shows. Uh, actually, The Mandalorian was all right. It was terrific. The first half. Uh, <laughs> what did Star Wars do? What What did Lucasfilm do to conservatives, Steve? Destroyed, uh, destroyed Star Wars. Uh, You're well, gonna boycott Star Indiana Jones because you didn't like a Star Wars movie? Does that sound that That's your political conviction. <laughs> Work on it, Steve. Work on it. Get back to me on this. I got. I got to run. Eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty. I love you, Steve. I I I love you. I miss you. I burn for you. So there you go, Rhonda. I hope that explains it. You, I guess we were wrong to like the film because we're because it's woke. I, I I did not know. Well, you know, I always had issues with white people using that word woke. <laughs> you had issues with it. White people have ruined that. Oh my god! Ruined more black slang than you can. No, shake no, no, a no. Stick no. It's one thing for white people to ruin black slang. All right. I mean, what the dealio, okay? But no, this is weaponizing. This is weaponizing. Absolutely. And it's weaponizing black slang against... Black people. (laughs) 
Well, against anti-racism, <laughs> right? It's not they don't use woke against black people, but they use woke against the concept of racism is bad. Yeah, it uh, really is is doing a a lethal a lethal blow a lethal blow. <laughs> I'm so sick of these people. You have no idea. They're 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 a little nutty, and uh, but is it? I just felt like he could not get anything to support his position. <laughs> he would just like squirrel away to. Another you know why aspect. that is? Because when you hear it all day long on the Breitbart channel or the Patriot channel, oh, on the conservative sense. channel, in the bubble, it's not questioned. Mm, okay. All if right. you come pulling that shit with us, I'm going to ask you very simple questions, asking you to back up your point of view. And then we'll see. I really goes. wanted to give him a lollipop for logic, but no lollipop for I'm you. I'm rooting Steve. for Steve. Steve's got a good heart. I'm rooting for him. Aaron in Texas. Hello and welcome. Hey, how you doing? How are you? Hi. Oh, I'm doing great. I want to talk about that last caller. It's a lot of people in geek and nerd fandom that thinks like that. <laughs> okay, tell me about the last caller. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of people in geek and nerd fandom that thinks like that, and that gets on my nerves. They well, it's right, right wing, well, right wing geek and nerd fandom. Go ahead. No, no, it's in gaming too. When they add a black character or or a female character, yeah. it's always it's anger and vitriol. That's the right wing part. That's the right wing part. When it's representation of something that's not a white heterosexual man and a white has heterosexual male feels like something's been taken away from him because someone else has a voice. Yeah. When there's gay characters or yeah. black characters or Latin characters or yep. women characters. Yeah. Weak yep. men flip out about that. Yeah. And it gets on my nerves because I'm a, I'm a nerd and I'm a geek. Really. Word. But I like... And I'm black, and I get I get vitriol, I get stared at when I go into comic book shops. You're kidding me, black but geeks. Are, bl- hang on a second, black black nerds are the coolest demographic that exists. Yeah. You know, yeah, the rise of yeah. the blurds, the rise of the blurds. Yeah, and here's the thing, I, I'm I'm also a fitness nut, so I cosplay as these characters. Oh, now you've lost me. Wait a second, you're a comics nerd and you're fitness. That's that's too woke for me. I I can't yeah. go that far. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, for real. No, I believe you. We do martial arts. Oh, no way. So you're like, you're like the really in shape nerd. That's, that's, you're a unicorn, sir. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Uh, We do cosplay. We do Naruto cosplay. And I remember back in the early, I've been doing this for like 10 years. So I remember like back in the 2010, they used to get mad at us going at the comic book convention. And and we used to dress up as like Racism will not even be, you can't escape it in in fiction. That might be nerdism too, as well. Yeah, and here's the funny thing. You know all the characters, the comic book characters, they're all buff guys. I know. Goku's buff. Oh, I know. I, I, I think I think comic books are a delivery a delivery system for gay porn. To tell you the truth, I mean it's just it's it's a gateway drug. Yeah, and I'm just saying like we we like we we I get in shape, and that's what got me into fitness. Watching Dragon Ball Z, watching like you know Batman. Training. God bless. Right on. Right on. So what do you think? Why why do why do right wing people? I mean, why are right wing people pretending that somehow they beat Indiana Jones? I don't understand it at all. What what did Indiana Jones ever do to these? Made a lot of money. I know Indiana Jones is doing fine. It's it it'll make it'll make back what it costs. It'll make a little profit, but they made it. They, oh yeah. They they made an it made a quarter billion dollar. It's an action film with an eighty year old man. A fifth sequel that got a quarter billion yeah. dollars. To me, that's pretty remarkable. So I loved seeing him yeah. skip along the top of that train. It was really I love seeing it. I mean, his stuntman yeah, skip along the top of the train. <laughs> 
Yeah, and like I get annoyed by it because you know they send death threats to like people like Moses Ingram. And oh, stuff I know like Moses Ingram got the most horrible death threats, and she was great yeah. on that show. But because she was a black woman in Star Wars, and it was the first real meaty role in Star Wars for a black woman, the same guys flipped out. Yeah, and then they also make excuses like, "Why won't you guys come up with your own character?" Stop. Stop taking our character. Well, Who's why you don't guys? you tell them, Aaron, to just tell them that most of their mythology is based on our own characters, on our, yeah. our, on our own myths oh and God. heroes. Like, yeah, okay, like in the, uh, what was it, Obi-Wan, that's a new character. She was a new character. Yes. And I was excited seeing that because, you know, I'm a Star Wars fan. And, uh, Me too. Let's be real. If you, if you read the comics, the uh, Inquisitors are jobbers, really. They're she's what? The first bad they're, they're jobbers. They're, they're, they're cannon father in the comic book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first badass Inquisitor. I was like, God damn. No, I'm the Grand Inquisitor on Star Wars Rebels scared the hell out of me. Okay, yeah. There you go. See, again, I just outgeeked was... you, Aaron. I outgeeked you. Hey, 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 but, but no, no, no. People like only like him because he looked like the second son from... Uh, from uh, Oh, no. The, okay, Aaron, this is the part where the women are beginning to leave the studio, and i got to move on. Bring the revolution okay. to gaming, Aaron, please. please. Aaron, thank you. So, did you see Indiana Jones yet, sir? Oh, uh, no, not yet. Let me know your thoughts, if you if you will. I, I thought it was uh, Go thought see it, was it and prove Steve wrong. Yeah, see it in a theater, too, just okay. to make the Republicans angry. Thank you, Aaron. God bless you. 866-997-4748. We have to hit a break, right? Thea's getting mad at me again. It's it's Trucker Steve's fault. Quick break. When we come back, more of your calls. And I want to I wanna hang with you, Miss Handsome. And I want to play a clip of Joe Biden showing why every time I worry about this guy, he sits down and does his slow, methodical Joe Biden interview, man, and shows he gets the foreign policy. It's one of those clips that'll make you feel really good about the fact that he won. Don't go away. We'll be right back more with Miss Rhonda Handsome in our studios. We want to hear from you guys at 866-997-4748. And welcome back. Rhonda, today, a judge in Oklahoma, dismissed a reparations lawsuit from the last three living survivors of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre. I bet a lot of folks didn't think there were any survivors from 102 years ago when a white mob burned down what was known as Black Wall Street, this thriving African-American neighborhood uh, of, of Greenwood. An estimated 300 humans were killed that day. These three plaintiffs, Rhonda, uh, Lessie Benningfield Randall, Viola Fletcher, and Hughes Van Ellis are all over 100 years old. They can still appeal the ruling, um, but one of them's 109 already. She's She doesn't have that long to wait for an appeal, John. And yeah. it's so sad that this woman, uh, Caroline Wall, had to come to this decision with no compassion, with no understanding, a, com a complete lack of history. She, what also bothers me is because I don't want people to take this as a precedent to ignore our requests for reparations. Yeah. I mean, it's long overdue. But you know what they always say? Whenever you say reparations, they always say, what's the point? The people who suffered aren't alive anymore. And well, it's these like, people are alive. There's three people that were alive right here. A <laughs> hundred years later, they're still alive. And, and a judge in Tulsa said no. And and they don't say that about other people who are getting reparations. And, you know, in, uh, in Indians, uh, Jews, uh, uh, everybody who is getting money for 
illnesses, for wrongs, for 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 being exposed to to, to harmful chemicals. They they are getting this repair, getting this repayment down their lineage. Yeah, you're right. And it's even worse than that, because let's be honest, the city of Tulsa uses this for tourism. I mean, these three people, you know, it's cultural tourism. The site, ever since Watchmen on HBO told the story and and did it amazingly, beautifully. Lou Gossett Jr. plays a hundred year old survivor. I mean, it's really well done. And whenever you watch the news and they show clips of the Tulsa massacre, it's clips from Watchmen. But ever since then, you know, Tulsa has used the story of these survivors for cultural tourism while denying. And again, last year, twenty six billion dollars for damages from opioids. And that oh, was yeah. great. Twenty-six yeah. billion dollars for the damages from opioids. But when you think of the mass graves, the slaughter, the death, the families torn apart, the generational wealth that was completely lost, eliminated, and that's just in Tulsa. And and there is a tradition of destroying thriving black communities, yep. <laughs> them putting them underwater, bombing them, or putting them underwater, and uh, it's it's not a good thing. John. We dropped we dropped bombs on the Marshall Islands, and the survivors got seven hundred fifty nine million. Yeah, three living survivors of this massacre, not one cent. Well, I, I do hope that they appeal and that um, it goes to the the lineage of, of these people who have been fighting for this for so so many years. I hope so. It's I gone hope on you're too right. long. Let me go to the phones. Rachel is calling from L.A. Hi, Rachel. You're on with Rhonda. Oh, hi, you guys. How are you? Hi, Rachel. What's up? Hey. Um, well, I was calling about Jack White. Yes. That moved me today, too. So, I, Rhonda and, didn't hear that Jack White, the, the oh. musician from the bands The White Stripes and the Raconteurs, and he's, he's a great guitar player, and he, he blasted all these celebrities that were palling around with Donald Trump at this event, Mel Gibson, Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. Guy Fieri, um, uh, and, and he just and, and just tore them to shreds for palling yeah. around with this racist, seditionist piece of dog shit. Uh, and so I began the show asking people, you know, is that right to do? I mean, I've had Chris Christie on the show. I've broken bread with Republicans, but Trump's different from yeah. Republicans. But if someone, you know, uh, if, if, if a celebrity breaks bread with him, should they be called out for it? Are, uh, by, by hanging out and laughing and slapping Trump's back, mm-hmm. are you signing off? To the way he treated yes. people well, when he was president. I'd say that depends on how hard you're slapping that back. <laughs> <laughs> hard enough so he feels something. How about that? Mel well, Gibson was the other one. Mel Gibson, of course. And he's and listen, Mel Gibson's been on this show. When Mel Gibson came on this show, I took a lot of shit because I was well, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk issues, to him anyway. John. He said a lot of issues. And I had him on. Well, I, I said I would take him. And then after I said yes, they said, OK, but you can only talk about his movie. And I was like, and I almost backed out. But I'm like, no, I'll do because the movie's about nonviolence. So I did that. And it was a good interview and it was interesting. And he's crazy and he's fascinating. And it, it went well. But it's like, do I get to shit on Mel Gibson for hanging out with Donald Trump if I've had Mel Gibson yeah. on my show? I don't know the answer to this question. Now, are people really are, are people really influenced by what? Uh, by Jack's putting them on. on I mean, I know they're in there. Uh, what did you think, Rachel? I was inspired by it. Is that going to cut I was into inspired. the well, um, just, 
GOP donations? Is that no. <laughs> no? No, but it helps draw attention to it. I mean, just the fact that he like I don't really think of him in my you know in my mind ever, but the fact that he is out there and he got that word out and that people should do that. What he Absolutely. said was he said anybody who normalizes or treats this yeah. disgusting fascist racist con man piece of shit Trump with any level of respect is also disgusting in my book. That's you, Joe Rogan, you Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. you Mark Wahlberg, oh, you Guy Fieri. This is not a statement. This is a statement for me, not a discussion debate. I think I he has the, a right to say that. He does. And I think yeah. a lot of people just want to see someone standing up to fight. Like they want to hear a Democrat yeah. fight. They want to see a celebrity stand up and fight against this, too. I'll have some politicians, some legislators standing up and saying yeah. this. <laughs> did you uh, how did you feel about it, Rachel? Well, I was like certain people of them pissed me off. because I didn't realize that Mark Wahlberg was like a Trumper. And he just bugs me. Like, he's just really? a load. Like, he's always been a tool, like, as a person, like, to women and stuff. Like, I don't, he's a jerk. So then to see that he was there, then I'm like, oh, he really is a tool. He's really like, always been a dick, this guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Always yes. been a dick, this guy. And then the guy, Fieri, I used to like watching those shows because I like to watch food and everything. But oh, screw yeah. it. So I'm going to watch some different show. I'm not going to watch You know what? Show. Mark Wahlberg is, a lot to Mark me. Wahlberg is very good in I Heart Huckabees. I take that back. He's very, he's surprisingly excellent in that film. Oh, uh, and surprising is the word for me when you find out certain people that you did not realize were so yeah. so bent well, in, I mean Mark Wahlberg in, got famous because I mean he, he he beat the hell out of an Asian man when he was a young punk in a gang and then the Asian guy he literally went to court to try to have his name cleared to try to have the record huh. stricken because he's so famous and rich now he can spend enough money to get his criminal record cleared but he never reached out to the old Asian man to see if he was doing okay and you know because he's a shit He's a shithole. I mean, not whole, but he's a shitty head. He's a shithead. Like, he is. He's a jerk. Like, and that show that just confirms it. So I'm. I thank Jack White for that. Also, I want to say the film and, Lone Survivor title completely ruined the ending for me. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, Mark Wahlberg's fine as an actor. I don't care about. It. I mean, I don't really watch action movies, but whatever. I, you know, he's like maybe he was in The Departed. He's or something. all right in The Departed. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, um, I one of the things about, about calling people out like this i i feel like these people have the right to do this but eventually it comes around if these are celebrities if these are people you, you know who are high up on the uh, a list yeah. they they come back uh, they they well like ellen 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 in the luxury box with george w bush of the football game. oh yeah i mean the guy who literally ran for re-election against gay marriage because it would destroy traditional marriage and there she is palling around because i think celebrity is its own ethnic group i think george <laughs> ellen probably has more in common with george bush at this point than she does with lots of poor mm-hmm. gay women i was just well, gonna say I, I think it's a, a money issue it's an economic but like i don't know too. i don't I, I but like i don't know i i, I want to judge because it feels good but i i worked with donald trump i did an event for him years ago i don't think i would do one for him now unless i could make fun of him from the stage in which case i would be thrilled to get thrown out for it but well the last time you got made fun of from the stage and propelled him into the presidency job. Yeah, you're right. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> hey, Rachel, thank you so much for the call. I really appreciate it. I do want to play this really quick clip. Maybe not the whole thing, but this is from this weekend. Guys, if you get a chance, watch On Demand, Fareed Zakaria, GPS. It's a good show. You should watch it anyway. But um, his interview with Joe Biden, all about foreign policy. It was one of those things where, oh, he's Joe Biden's old and knows his shit, and he's old and he knows his shit. Here it is. Should it get membership in NATO? I don't think it's ready for membership in NATO, but here's the deal. I spent 
as you know, a great deal of time trying to hold NATO together because I believe Putin has had an overwhelming objective from the time he launched 185,000 troops into Ukraine. And that was to break NATO. He was confident, in my view, and many of the intelligence community, he was confident he could break NATO. Yeah. So holding NATO together is really critical. I don't think there is unanimity in NATO about whether or not to bring Ukraine into the NATO family now, at this moment, in the middle of a war. For example, if you did that, then, you know, we, I, and I mean what I say, we're, we're determined to commit every inch of territory that is NATO territory. It's a commitment that we've all made no matter what. If the war is going on, then we're all in the war. You know, we're in war with Russia, if that were the case. So I think we have to lay out a path for the rational path for Russia, for, excuse me, for Ukraine to be able to qualify to get into Imagine NATO. Trump giving this answer. And we have, when the very first time I met with Putin two years ago in Geneva, and he said, I want commitments on no Ukraine in, in, uh, in NATO. I said, we're not going to do that because it's an open door policy. We're not going to shut anybody out. NATO is a process that takes some time to meet all the qualifications and from democratization to a whole range of other issues. So in the meantime, though, I've spoken with Zelensky at length about this. And uh, one of the things I indicated is the United States would be ready to provide while the process was going on, and it's going to take a while, while that process was going on, to provide security a la the security we provide for, you, for Israel, providing the weaponry, the need, the capacity to defend themselves if there is an agreement, if there is a ceasefire, if there is a peace agreement. Hmm. And so I think we can work it out, and, but I think it's premature to say, to call for a vote you know, in now, because I, there's other qualifications that need to be met, including democratization and some mm. of those issues. Well, I was wrong. He sounds just like Trump. Well, I'm a little confused now because I thought someone from the Kremlin said that if Ukraine came into NATO, then there would be a, a, a strong, firm response from Russia. And I'm going, well, what the hell's going on in <laughs> well, there now? Because if Ukraine came into NATO now, America's at war with Russia, officially. That's why, that's why Biden's saying we can't let them in. Mm. I get it. I don't like it either, but we can't. I don't like unofficial wars. They tend to go on for decades, John. Uh, America hasn't had an official war since 1941. I know. We haven't legally declared war in a long time. In we this can't country. get out of these things. But they all want to say, oh, Biden's a warmonger. And it's like, everyone who says Biden's a warmonger, it's actually Putin who's been mongering what we call the fuck out of these wars. <laughs> for God's sakes, people. But I thought, Biden, I'm like, oh, Biden knows what he's talking about. You watch the news, you watch, you listen to current conservative media. He's a dementia patient, can't find his pants. <laughs> That's it. I do News Nation every week. That's all they ever talk about is how Biden's out of it. Bruce and Callie, you're on with Rhonda. Hello. Hey, Bruce. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Um, every time Trucker Steve calls, I, I have to, uh, uh-oh. What? My, my alarm's going off. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my Trucker Steve alarm um, goes off every time he calls, too, but go on. Yeah. Well, he, he never fails to uh, disappoint uh disappoint us in it at least he's consistent <laughs> yeah i gotta give him that i've been listening to the guy for well over a decade <laughs> on different shows and uh i'm still rooting for shit. him i'm, I'm sorry. still i know you you i'm you rooting like for him, him i'm rooting for him that's all i'm saying i'm rooting for steve for him because well, because really when you when you when you vote against trump in 16 
but then four yeah, years later exactly. say, oh, you know what? This time I'm going for him. I like what I've seen. <laughs> then it's he's grown. Yeah, boy. <laughs> and now, and now, he's, this and now he's saying he's anti-Trump. And that can you notice that? If you're pro-Trump, yeah. not me, of course. I'm like you voted for him after he <laughs> lied about to a plague. Oh Lord! And and I don't know what show he said this on, and it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. But he literally said, and this is why he likes the Supreme Court decision on the uh, the web uh, the web the website maker. Tell me, he literally thinks he thinks any business should be able to discriminate against about anybody. Oh, I know he does. He said that. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and anybody who thinks like that is just a piece of shit. I'm the, sorry. He believes Trucker that, Steve, but that's a lot of a piece of shit. But a lot of okay. right wing people believe that you know you build a business, you have a right to deny goods and services to anyone, even if they are tax paying citizens whose taxes help build the electrical grid and roads on which your business depends. The 1940s sensibility. Exactly. Exactly. And they always uh, want to pretend it's religious. That's what gets me angry. You want to be a bigot? You want to turn away gay people or black people because you're a douchebag? You know what? Fine. Let us know the kind of man your mother raised you to be. <laughs> but when you pretend it's because of Jesus that you have some religious exemption to being a good person? No. You're off the hypocrisy meter at that point. Bigots. Just bigots. <laughs> and bigots are fine. They're stupid. They make guys like me look good. You know, shitty white guys make well-intentioned but low wattage white guys like me look so much better i love shitty white guys <laughs> but when you go pretending that somehow your hate is spiritual that's when i get kind of stabby well white supremacy is a religion in my book yeah, i, I, I feel like that it's a cult at least <laughs> bruce thank you man for your call i, I, I share thank your you. pain we gotta go thank you chris thank you thea i'm john fugel saying keep it tuned to sirius xm progress peace 